Today's episode is all about the effective classroom routines and procedures that you need to have your classroom run the smoothest as humanly possible. Honestly, this is going to be kind of a decision-making guide. We're going to talk a little bit about why routines and procedures are important, but then we're also going to talk about some essential routines that you may want to have in place as well as some things to think about as you decide which procedures you need for your classroom. Welcome to the Noodle Nook Podcast, a podcast for teachers where we break down the best tips, tricks, and tools to help educators teaching students with complex access needs and significant disabilities, including autism. I'm Io, your host, and I help teachers create the classroom of their dreams with practical strategies and actionable steps that won't leave you feeling overwhelmed. First up, let's talk about this. What are routines and procedures? Other than like the winning word and a teacher bingo card, routines and procedures are the glue. They are the glue that will hold your sanity together, I swear. You know, routines are more about the regularness of activities within the classroom, whereas procedures are really the specific steps of a process or guidelines that you want students to follow as they're completing a task or executing something in the classroom. So routines and procedures are a little bit different, even though we always kind of clump them together as great routines and procedures. But there's a reason why, and it's because having good routines and having in place procedures, they're a lifesaver, right? They are the key to your classroom management. And when you have good classroom management, it, it, it changes everything. I, I can't even, there's no way to overstate how important having effective classroom routines and procedures are for you to be successful in the classroom. So here are some of the benefits. I just want to review them in case you're like, routines and procedures, maybe I don't need them. Here is the truth truth. If you are a teacher and you are using routines and procedures, you are targeting your own time management. Because let's face it, y'all, there are a lot of things to do and a lot of students to do them with. So when you take the time to establish really clear routines, really clear procedures, it means that you've set the expectation and the sequence for the activities that you're doing in the classroom. And really, this helps you streamline your daily tasks, which means you can focus more on instruction and individualization than that constant feeling of having to manage the classroom. So number one benefit of having good routines and procedures is the time management aspect. The number two benefit for you is that you can manage behaviors better. Yes, you heard me. Consistent routines and clear procedures are like the structured environment that really promotes positive behavior. And you heard me say structured environment. How many times have you heard that students with disabilities need to have structure and routine and procedures in order to be successful? Yeah, like all the time, right? Because this is the thing that can really address behaviors before they even happen. When you communicate clear expectations and you have routines and procedures, it can prevent the disruptive behaviors from happening in the first place. And hey, let's face it, we would all prefer to stop behaviors before they happen, then have to deal with the behaviors after they happen. Yeah, I mean, it's a stress reducer, 110% to know you're taking care of the behaviors before they even happen. So really think about how you can create a more conducive living, uh, learning atmosphere for students when you are managing behaviors, and that is done with routines and procedures. And the third benefit for teachers 
is it can increase the productivity of not only your students, but of your staff. When you have established routines and procedures, you can be more efficient. Your paraeducators can be more effective. Really, you're just navigating through the day with more control and you are being more deliberate and in using instructional time wisely. I mean, hello, who doesn't want to be more productive and use time better? And when you have clear routines and procedures, that's exactly what you get to do. Now, there are more benefits than just to the teacher, if you can believe that, because time management, behavior management, and increased productivity, those are excellent benefits for the teacher. But there are three really important benefits for students as well. When you set up good and clear routines and procedures, your students have more predictability and security. Routines and procedures give students a sense of knowing, right? They know what to expect in the classroom and that helps them to feel more safe. And that structured environment really allows them to get more comfortable and focus in on learning, which is why we're all here in the first place. So think of how having that predictability, that routine set in place offers stability for students who may not have a lot of stability outside of the classroom. So, so that means it's really important for us to establish that kind of secure, predictable routine and clear expectations of procedures. The second benefit for students is more independence. And hello, if we teach in special education, we want our students to become more independent. But even in general ed, we don't want our students to be prompt dependent, waiting on us for every single thing. We want them to develop a better sense of self-regulation. So when you set up consistent routines and procedures, you really are empowering your students to be more independent and to develop some better self-regulation skills. They get better at managing their time and organizing the materials and navigating through their daily activity because they have the structure that is essential for them to do that in. And honestly, when we do that, we build these skills, they translate to life after graduation. So this is a lifelong skill. Definitely, definitely, routines and procedures can do all of that. But the third reason, the third reason why routines and procedures are so important for students is that they reduce anxiety and improve engagement. Having clear routines alleviates anxiety and it reduces that feeling of uncertainty with this structured framework for the classroom and for learning. And you know, especially if you work with students with complex access needs, that several of them feel anxious in the classroom when there's no set routine. Transitions make them very uncomfortable. And we can help to alleviate that when we keep a consistent routine and we have set procedures. And honestly, having those things engages them in the learning process more because their mental load is lightened. Their, their brain is free to really engage in learning more because they're not so anxious and worried. And that means they're more focused and they're having better academic and social growth in the classroom. And hello, we all want that, right? So we've established <laughs> that routines and procedures are important. There are benefits to the teachers. There are benefits to the students. So let's give some examples of essential routines and procedures that you might have inside of your special education classroom. We're going to talk about routines and procedures separately, and we're also going to talk about elementary and secondary separately. So first off, some routines in elementary. First off and foremost is a good morning routine. <laughs> Students are coming in. It can be really chaotic. It can get out of control really, really fast. Having a rock 
solid morning routine, wow, it can set a positive tone for the entire day. And this is gonna include things like students entering the classroom, unpacking their backpacks and their belongings, doing their morning work or warm up activity, and then maybe getting to the carpet to gather for your morning meeting. This routine really helps in transitioning from home to school or from the breakfast cafeteria to the classroom. It promotes a sense of community and it really primes your students for learning. So a rock solid morning routine will help you exponentially, <laughs> exponentially. The second routine in elementary that I, I think is a great example of an essential is a transition routine, right? When we move from task to task inside of the classroom, wow, the chaos that can ensue, right? Like herding what cats? I think that is where <laughs> we, when we, when someone invented that term, they were looking at a classroom full of kindergartners trying to transition, right? Transition routines are so, so, so important because especially in elementary, it is just really challenging to move students from one task to another. And in order to make it run more smoothly and them to be more efficient, for our students to be more efficient, we need to have a good routine. And that might include visuals like a timer or dimming the lights as students transition from one activity to another. You might have a cleanup procedure that you want students to do or a song that you play so that students know it's time to clean up. You might have some very clear instructions on how students should go from one task to another and what they need to gather in order to be ready for the next thing. Whatever it is that's part of your routine as you transition, you're looking to minimize disruption, maximize instructional time, and help students to move from one task to another seamlessly or as seamlessly as humanly possible. All right, the third routine in elementary that you are gonna really wanna think about is that end of day routine. Just like that morning can be so chaotic, the afternoon when everybody's going home can look just as chaotic, right? Having a structured end of day routine helps students wind down and wrap up their day in an organized, non-chaotic manner. Your end of day routine is gonna look different depending on the needs of your students, but it might include things like organizing or cleaning up a workspace. It could be packing up a backpack or doing an end of day summary or checklist process to help them reflect on their learning for the day or just make sure they've got everything they need to go home. You may also have a really brief closing activity or share session at the end of the day, once everybody's got all their things on and they're ready to go, just to kind of prime everybody and control everybody before you head off to the bus. Either way, this end of day routine is gonna help your students develop some responsibility and ownership and even organizational skills as you are wrapping up the school day. And it also is gonna help provide some closure to the end of day, right? So your students are getting a lot of benefits from implementing these routines in the elementary classroom. Now let's talk about some procedures for an elementary classroom. I consider these to be essential. And the first one is probably the most essential. <laughs> in the elementary classroom, you want to have a procedure for the bathroom. <laughs> You want to have established a clear bathroom procedure that ensures that everybody is behaving and maintaining a safe and hygienic environment. Yes, we definitely want that. <laughs> this procedure might include guidelines for how a student is gonna ask to use the restroom. You might have some passes or um, hallway lanyards that you want students to wear as they go back and forth, you might have to set expectations for cleanliness and hand washing. And I'm guessing 
you're really gonna wanna cover that hand washing. And just some general guidelines for how students maintain privacy of themselves and respect for others, as well as having kind of defined ways to control the restroom procedure so that it minimizes disruptions and everyone is developing nice, healthy lifetime habits. So consider how you can put some procedures in place for the bathroom. The second elementary procedure that I think is pretty essential is a management of materials. Whew, there's just a lot of stuff, right? Like there's glue and pencils and pens, and sometimes depending on the needs of your students, there's personal hygiene supplies, organizational supplies, you're collecting materials, you're distributing materials, it can be a lot. So if you are trying to get some material management procedures in place, you might establish a system that sets a very clear expectation for how you're gonna handle and store supplies and how students get access to those materials. And you might also need some procedures on how you manage things when they get broken. Like if someone rips a book in the classroom library, do you have a procedure for how a student turns it into the library hospital so that the book can get all better? When you're implementing man management of your materials, you're really promoting accountability for your students and helping them to become more independent as well. So how are you gonna handle the materials? And the third essential procedure that you might need to have in the classroom really kind of centers around classroom behaviors. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of students in and about the classroom and you might need some good procedures for raising your hand to speak or taking turns during discussions or following the posted rules. You might need a way for students to respond to redirection or a way that you yourself are going to redirect students. When we put these procedures in place, like even callbacks, it helps our students to really learn how they're going to function within the classroom and keep them focused on learning. And when we do this consistently, it really does promote and support a positive classroom environment. And we all want that. So let's think about secondary. We've got some routines in secondary that are going to be essential. The first one is definitely a bell schedule routine. In secondary, students are often moving in between classes or in between contents when there is a bell. They're following a bell schedule. And we want our students to transition between those tasks or those classes smoothly. So you might have a procedure for students as they're entering or exiting the classroom you're gonna want some routines on how you want students to enter and exit the classroom, how you want them to get started when they get into your class. I mean, you don't want a classroom full of students waiting for you to get started. You want there to be some automaticity in what happens when a student gets to your classroom that they are getting to work on the subject or content or activity that you have set for them. So have a consistent bell schedule routine because that's gonna promote better time management, reduce disruptions, and increase instructional time. The second routine that you probably are going to find to be essential in secondary has to do with homework. Now, you yourself may not have homework that you are passing out to students, but if you do, have some routine of how your students are going to do that homework, how they're going to keep themselves organized, and how they're going to turn in and um, keep track of all the assignments that they have to get done. If you're working with students with special education needs, a lot of time that comes hand in hand with kind of a lack of organization, right? So we wanna help address those things with the routines that we put in place. And that does help to, re to improve student time management skills. 
The third routine that you are probably going to want to put into place in secondary, and this might be more for um, middle school or high schools if there's a homeroom, and that is your morning routine, your morning meeting, where you really set out for your students check-in times or discussions of general agendas or team building exercises, whatever is appropriate for that time of day for your students, have a routine for it. So it runs like clockwork because when we do that, we make it easier for our students to engage with us and with the things that we're asking them to do. We develop a more positive classroom climate and honestly, we're just supporting good social emotional development. So think about those routines in secondary. And finally, the procedures for secondary that you may want to consider. Number one is obviously your classroom expectations and procedures, right? What are the behavioral norms and rules that you want your students to follow? Now, we aren't talking about lining up in the hallway, but you might have some really well-defined classroom expectations and procedures that you want students to follow in terms of promoting more responsible behavior and supporting a classroom culture that's positive and inclusive. So what kind of classroom expectations do you have and how can you put procedures in place so your students understand what that looks like and how are following those established behavioral norms? The second one is an assessment procedure. You're going to be taking a lot of tests at secondary, kind of more frequently than we do in elementary, and you want some clear procedures. Are students allowed to use study guides? Are they allowed to speak? When they're done with their assessment, what are they supposed to do? Do you offer a rubric so a student can self-reflect? How are students submitting those assessments? Uh, just all of the pieces that go along with assessments. You want to promote a procedure so that there's less anxiety surrounding test time and tests with students. And the third procedure you're really going to want to put into place is some procedure for technology. Let's face it, all of our students have cell phones, <laughs> every single one. And so you may have to put some procedure or routine into place so that your students are responsible with their technology when they're inside of your classroom. Really having a well-defined technology use procedure promotes responsibility and safe tech use inside of the classroom while minimizing distractions and really pushing the learning objectives. So think about how you're going to put those technology procedures into place. Now, here comes the juicy part. <laughs> how do you decide which procedures you need for your classroom? There are so many routines and procedures that you can put into place in your classroom. But here's a couple of things to consider as you get started. Number one is to identify essential classroom activities, like the key activities that you have taking, you have happening in your classroom on a regular basis, on a daily basis. When you identify those things, start to work out some routines as your students are entering into those activities or exiting or transitioning. Maybe you want to have some routines and procedures in place for group work or independent work or task boxes or materials management or dismissals. The things that you're doing on the regular start there. The second way to decide what procedures and routines you want to establish right away is to prioritize safety and management. Yeah, if you are ever at a moment in your classroom where you're like, oh my gosh, it's too much right now, <laughs> that's when you wanna put a procedure or routine into place. And this is no more true than during emergency situations. Like that first fire drill of the year tells you if you have put routines and procedures in place or not. And I am speaking as a teacher who may or may not have lost a student during a fire drill on occasion. 
in her teaching career. I mean, his or her, his or not me. It's not me necessarily, it's somebody. Let me move on. Prioritize the safety and management of students when you're in especially transitioning or emergency situations. Again, if you look up at any point during your day and you're like, it is too much right now, you need a routine or procedure for whatever is happening at that moment. And the third way to decide on which procedures or routines you need to put into place is to reflect on previous challenges. Yeah. If you ever go home one day and you're like, what, what happened today? <laughs> and you need a, a tub of Ben and Jerry's, that's when the reflection really kicks in, right? Think about where there's miscommunication or confusion or excessive disruptions. And that might be the place and space where you need to put in some routines and procedures so you can prevent that kind of thing from happening again. Another place where you might decide, and this is number four, that you need some routines and procedures is when it involves students and their decision making. <laughs> like a, you, we're all managing students with a lot of different personalities in the classroom and maybe our students need support in order to know what is urgent and what is not or what is interrupt the teacher and what is not. So your students and their needs might dictate what routines and procedures you find necessary so that you can really promote them making better decisions and taking ownership of themselves and their learning. Um, some other routines and procedures you might wanna consider are those that are based on your classroom setup and logistics. Like if you are in a teeny tiny room or in a room with a lot of, a lot of materials, you might have to put in routines and procedures that are taking the physical space into account. You know, if you have learning stations or group work areas that are separate and you're using a station rotation model, you are gonna need a procedure for transitioning. So really consider what your classroom setup needs in terms of logistics of setting up routines and procedures. The next way that you can really prioritize which routines and procedures you need to do is to seek help from your colleagues. If you are a new teacher, ask a vet teacher which routines and procedures they think are most important. You would be surprised what they might say. Now, a lot of this can feel overwhelming, but I'm just going to give you this last piece of information. Start with just a few key procedures, just a few and introduce them gradually with some very direct and explicit instruction to students that includes modeling so they can understand and follow it effectively. And then sit back and evaluate and adjust as needed. So reflect on what's working and what's not and make adjustments based on that. When you go through that process of refining or adding procedures based on the evolving needs that arise throughout the year, you are going to be better served for it. All right, so before we wrap up, I just wanna invite you to join the tens of thousands of other teachers just like you who are getting valuable tips and insights right into their inbox by subscribing to the Noodle Nook newsletter at noodlenook.net slash inbox. You'll stay in the loop and keep those teaching gears turning all for the better, I promise. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss out on any more great content, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in to The Noodle Nook, a podcast for teachers just like you. We need all the great teachers we can get. So this is Io here reminding you to stay strong and teach on.